Hey, it's John. You want to look and feel your very best? Visit the team at Cool Contours. They are the number one cool sculpting provider in Virginia. Their award-winning team of certified cool sculpting elite and cool tone specialists work with you to create a fully customized treatment plan to achieve your dream body. Learn more at cool-contours.com. That's cool-contours.com. As ranked by Allergen in June 2021, cool sculpting leaves FDA cleared to revisible fat bulges in nine areas of the body. Some common side effects include temporary numbness, discomfort, and swelling. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun just getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. I don't know. You're, I know, I'm right? Already, I'm already hedging. That's I'm what I'm saying. Like, That's like, this is what like, happens, like, Rank. It's showtime, folks. Breaking down the best four songs. This, this, this is Mount Rockwell. I think it's absolutely repulsive. I, I can't imagine anyone doing anything so disgusting. That's my mom, everybody, and welcome to Mount Rockmore. For those of you new to it, welcome here. For those of you who are Def Jam rockers, in the words of today's artist, if you front on the rock, best run and hide if you got static, We'll take it outside. Good day, Rockmore Nation. I'm Bauer, your climb leader. And as we get ready to chisel our way up this bomber mountainside to crush the four career-defining songs of a group that altered the direction of popular music at least, let me count this here, Adam, three different times and live to tell the tale. Today, we're going to focus our Mount Rockmore on the Beastie Boys. And if that sounds fascinating to you, do us a small favor. Check out our other Mount Rockmore ventures at thebowershow.com. Recently tackled Alice in Chains with the NFL Network's Michael Fabiano. Also, an Angus Young Axsmith series. And today, we do not climb alone. No, we have a buddy, a climb buddy, no diggity. Today, we're joined by our shaman of the first hip-hop album to reach number one on the charts and did more than any other recording to introduce the genre to the suburban masses. This guy is a, uh, courtesy of NFL Fantasy Live. I mean, he's the star. Dave Damashek would want to fight me on that, but I'm going to be honest about this, Rank. We all clearly know who runs this deal. We also know that you are... You did, now, did did you owe Dave Damashek money? Is that how you got involved with the Dave Damashek football program, Adam Rank? Absolutely. That was a... Uh, for me, you know what's funny is uh, he's a local radio legend here, too. So yes. when he joined, when he joined the network, I was freaking out. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, because, like, you have people from across the country who, you know, they're they're from different places. And I'm always trying to tell people, like, damn a shack. Like, you know, like, he was <laughs> right. a, a famous... A, a famous individual, and he was on the Fantasy Live show, and I was freaking out. And the first couple of times that we were doing shows together or hanging out. You're like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And then at some point, you know, he's starting a podcast and you're like, oh my God, he wants me to be on it. I don't know what to do. So yeah. So you know what? He is, uh, if you look at a, an NFL network, Mount Rushmore, I would say that Dave Damashek would be wow. on it. I'm just happy to be in his wow. orbit. Wow. So, look at you. He, listen, hold on. I just want to be clear on this. Adam, he's not here right now. You don't have to kiss his ass. You can be honest about this stuff. No, listen, I get what you're saying. Cause Damashek, uh, when he was on Corolla's show and was a legend in the area all together, I loved him. And I would do it. I would be that guy. I'd be like, did you know Damashek's doing the NFM? People look at me like, uh, who's Damashek? 
Who's this guy now? I know the NFL Network, but that's, you know, I know Lincoln Kennedy. Like, that was their, that was their only limited exposure at that point in time. Eisen and, and Lincoln Kennedy were their limited exposure to the NFL Network, which I believe, I don't know, maybe maybe uh, you don't think this way. Are they also on the Mount Rockmore, if you will, the Mount Rushmore of NFL Network? Well, it's going to be Eisen for sure. For sure, right? And then I don't want to upset. I, God, you would probably have to say Scott Hansen because he's the red yeah. zone guy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that that's would- right. That would make sense. Damashek, let's throw him on. All right. And then you got one more. Maybe Michael Irvin? Ooh, okay. All right. Irv? No, Dion. No. Oh. Oh. No, Dion. Yeah. Oh, you know, actually, I'm sorry, Dave. You're off. Dave's our <laughs> playing game. Sorry, you're, you've been it just, No, it's clear. You have to Dave make those decisions. Listen, Rank, you can make those decisions. You're that kind of a guy. It sucks sometimes to make them, but you can make them very easy and then throw Damashek off and say, listen, if if something happens to Irvin, we'll put you in the place. But right now, right. that's Irvin's to go with. Yeah, I think that when you come to the souvenir shop and you head towards the restroom, there'll be a nice, huge poster of Dave Damashek. Yeah, well, well. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll make it up. And let's be fair. If we made that Mount Rushmore poster, it would be crossed out by Damashek and then him drawing his own picture over the face of either Dion or Michael Irvin, one of the two. Very much so. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm thrilled that you're with us here today. Uh, you are a, a god over at the NFL Network, and I mean that in that you've helped me win a couple of fantasy leagues. So I'm thrilled to have uh-huh. you on board here. And 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 we're you know we're buds. We've been talking for a long period of time, and now you're getting a chance to talk in in this crazy coronavirus world. How how social distancing going for Adam Rank? You know, with children, it's always going to be a little bit of a struggle and making sure that they're cool. They're having a good time and their minds are preoccupied. For me, it means a lot of Frozen 2. Yeah. Onward. (laughs) Onward just dropped. Yeah. So that's been that's been a lot of fun as well. You know, as we record this right now, Trolls is coming out today. And I've already been told by my six year old that is a lock for this evening's entertainment. Oh my gosh, we've already ordered it or excuse me, we're going to order it tonight. We're having a a slumber party. Now, my four year old doesn't take naps anymore but we've told her like oh. look you're gonna take a nap right and then at nine o'clock tonight we are going to have a movie and we're gonna have it and usually you know because um we're part of the movie club out here cinemark okay i don't know if i can throw them a little absolutely i don't know if you can but their their movie club is actually super legit because you can roll over the tickets and everything so we're avid movie goers and every time that we go she gets what is called a soca coffee, Ooh. which is a it's a frappuccino, like it's a vanilla bean frappuccino. She's okay. not drinking caffeine or anything like that. Well, that's a good thing. That so, tough makes it tough to nap that way when you're drinking those. Right, right. So she has one of those. So we're gonna make one. We're gonna do a homemade one tonight nice. for her. We're gonna watch it and we're gonna enjoy Trolls World Tour. Now, am I correct in this? When you make that drink for you, you just for Daddy's version, you just add a little vodka to it, and it's fantastic, right? I was thinking Jameson, but okay, yeah, we'll, all right, well, we'll work then, on it. You know what? Try them both out. See which one happens. See which one works even better for you. That would be great. For um, sure. And as a Protestant, I usually drink Bushmills, but I've tried. <laughs> this is this is how this is how the 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 pandemic has been going for me. I've already tried both. Yeah, and it's like, oh, Jameson actually works better here, even though I don't want to. Don't yeah. let my mother know. Yeah. that I'm drinking Catholic whiskey, but it's a way to do. You it. You know what? That's the way exactly. to do it. I love it. All right, now we you get to we get an opportunity here because usually, and I, I'll, I'll combine the two because you know your wheelhouse certainly is football and fantasy football. And we know that there's been a lot of questions about what's going to happen with the NFL going forward, so we'll talk a little bit of that. But also, 
you are an avid Beastie Boys fan, and thus the reason why we're discussing Beasties here today on this Mount Rockmore, the Mount Rushmore of Beastie Boys song. How, when, when, when I approached you to do this, and you said Beastie Boys was it, and then did you realize the guilt almost upon saying yes to doing this? Because defining the songs, the four songs, from an artist like the Beastie Boys, with the collection that the Beastie Boys has and the influence they've had, trying to come up with four songs is challenging? It really is. But, you know, being in the fantasy football space and having to make those tough decisions of, are you drafting Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley? Right. You just you just have to now make a call. This is so, a gut. That's your gut talking, right? Right. You know, and there's going to be, listen, if you know anything about me, if you followed my work, you know that I might not be the most traditional person when it comes down to things like this of making rankings. And I'm not afraid to say something that might be taken a little bit as uh, controversial or anything like that. Right. I'm not afraid of it. So I've made my decisions, sort of. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm locked into three, like three to me, like, well, and we'll get into this. Like yeah. two of them are automatic. A third, you're like, of course. And then it really comes down to the fourth for me. And then, right. then you start getting into the deep album cuts and some other things. We'll talk some, uh, about some of the stories of that, too, and where we've been thinking and where our heads are at and everything like that. So I'm trying to put it in a way because I just actually turned in a mock draft for NFL Network. And this was something that I did of trying to, like, put a instead of a emotional thing, trying mm -hmm. to be like, well, this makes sense because of this. And this right. is the impact that it had here. And so. Hopefully, you know, people won't be too upset. But then again, I, I, listen, it's the Internet. It's the which Internet. means they will be. We, yeah, so. I will guarantee you, we will not be able to please every Beastie Boys fan here. And that's fine. That's not, we're, we're not here to please everybody. We're here to have a discussion and put some songs and carve them into the face of a mountainside and say that those are the career-defining songs of the Beastie Boys. So we're going to do that. But I do want to warn you. So, so trust me, Rank, when I say this, from someone who's been doing this for a while, try, please try, because you are going to... You're going to have the urge to pummel your scrotum for second-guessing the pickle that you've just gotten yourself into when you actually hear the song played out into the ether, when you feel sort of that permanency of what had only been floating around your noggin or that you were writing down. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to imagine there's you and probably an Excel spreadsheet of some kind, like when you're doing your drafts, like you've got a number of different uh, elements to what you've got for your prep ready to go. I'm imagining that was like the iTunes Beastie Boys catalog you were kind of flipping through. But that said, try Try to resist that thought of, oh, oh, what did I do? By just saying this and then hearing the song, it, there's a permanence to it that feels a little weird. So that said, the Beastie Boys legends that we're talking about here, not, not just legends, legends, influencers before there were influencers. And we're not talking like Instagram influencers or the Kardashians right. or crap like that. We're talking about people who changed the face of music legitimately, Hall of Fame musicians who changed the face of music legitimately. And with that, we honor them with a play-in. So, much like March Madness, where you've got some little school nobody's ever heard of before, you know, taking on a big seed here, what we're going to do is we're going to offer you maybe that one that didn't make it to the table, the one that you thought to yourself, eh, this could be the fourth one, but uh, I don't know. Was there a song like that that was in flux for you? Certainly, and you referenced it right up the top, or it's Rock Hard by the Beastie Boys, and it's one of those songs that I'm trying, and obviously when License to Ill came out, that was huge. This might have been my first introduction to the Beastie Boys. This and Cookie Puss. Yes. And something that, you know, I kind of liked a little bit of, my 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 sisters 
we're into harder rock. So when you have a ACDC beat with the back in black, like that kind of speaks to you at first. And then yeah. you're like, oh, wait, this is way better than the ACDC song, yeah. at least for me. And I loved it. And I remember having a cassette tape and it was a blank cassette tape that you would people. I, I know we're speaking over the heads of there. Of the, there are some people uh, who are going, what is this cassette tape of which what you is speak the cassette out, tape? Rick? And you can record it. Yeah. And I don't know where I recorded it off of, but it was a Kmart Ooh, cassette tape. It very wasn't even nice. Like Memorex or yeah. anything like that. It yeah. was a Kmart cassette tape. And I had this and I had Cookie Puss and I had Rock Hard. And I would listen to Rock Hard and my buddy would come over and we would listen to it all the time. And I loved it. And I loved the song. The only thing, and this took me years, years to get over this. Yeah. There's a line. There's a line in the song. And I think it's Mike D. Yeah. Who says, I'm, we're from Manhattan. You're from, do you know what they say? Wow. I'm trying to think of what it is. What, we're, okay. Here's what it is. Okay. We're from Manhattan. You're from, now I'm from Chicago. Right. I thought they were saying you're from Chicago oh. as a diss. And I'm like, you know what? I, that does, I'm, I love this. I love the song, but I don't like that they're dissing Chicago. There's right, no why right. are we being thrown into this? Like right, there's like, no the, like that whole east was, that, that whole battle that was between the East Coast and the Midwest rappers was always very challenging, Adam. Yeah, I don't know. Like what I'm, is like what is happening? Yeah. Like I don't understand. Like this is not cool. And but I still love the song sure. and everything. And I was even I was living in California at the time. Turns out what the lyric is is we're from Manhattan, you're from Secaucus. <laughs> Okay. Secaucus. Okay. We're from Manhattan. You're from Secaucus. I'm like, that makes much more sense. Makes a lot more and, sense. And if you've been to Secaucus, you would understand. And it's, you know, because it's bridge and tunnel people. They're Total from Manhattan. bridge and you tunnel know, people. Yeah. This they're is New York. Listen, they're, I will, from the to, world. to highlight that, I lived my first couple of years that I lived in Brooklyn. I, uh, my wife and I, we eventually had my now oldest daughter who just turned 13 this week. And when we moved out, of Brooklyn, we moved to New Jersey because you could get more property, you could get more house uh, for a kid coming into your life than you could just the two of you in a brownstone in Brooklyn, right? So we moved to New Jersey because it was still close enough for me to get in and work at Sirius like I had been doing. But you know what? And this is the honest to God truth. We were living two and a half years in Manhattan. All the friends we made there refused to come visit us in New Jersey. Like not, not, oh, can't look at that. I got things I got to do. They were just like, you live in Jersey? We're not coming. No, we're not going to do it. There is legitimately a beef between Manhattan and any part of what you would call New York City and New Jersey that those people don't like each other unless you're drunk in a bar and Bon Jovi's playing on the bar speakers. That's it. 100%. That was illustrated perfectly in How I Met Your Mother as well. Yes, that's a good point. That is, you know, that is the thing. And like, so I understand now. So thankfully, they were not disrespecting Chicago, which it it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt my affinity for the band and by right. the way and if i can say one thing yeah, please too, and i know that we've talked about this what is wrong with you acdc what oh. let them release this song yeah. like why this should be on all their greatest hits compilations and everything like that why like why why how many and people I, have sampled acdc this is oh the my one god where they're like now we can't allow it 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like they they had well this I think this was the groundbreaking portion for that for ACDC. Like they weren't thinking to themselves, you know, some 5 years after they wrote the song and put it out on Back in Black that people were going to be sampling their stuff. They weren't thinking that, but now it's quite clear that that's the case. So let it go. Like there should be no reason. I and I tested this theory out. I went to iTunes. I went through every last album, all of the box sets, everything there for the Beastie Boys to try to download this version of the song and I couldn't find it any place. And I thought that's ACDC just being jerky about this whole thing. And, and this was such, I mean, when you listen to it, like you said, I grew up liking ACDC. So I caught this riff right off the bat. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And I caught the drum mix and the way that they worked all that for this song. This is a great song. Enjoy that they thought that your riff was awesome enough to include it in something as groundbreaking as this. That's all that, that, that Brian Johnson and Angus Young need to think about now instead of going, well, come on, rise to the song. You're not hurting for cash, guys. Can you remember, too, in the, the late 80s, whenever these songs came out, or early 80s, excuse me, if you look at the way Aerosmith embraced Run DMC yes. and... I'm not, I, I don't know, like, forgive me, because I'm not old enough. Was there, I don't know that Aerosmith was still a thing. That, like, it, it breathed, I, no, I, it I breathed might, life back into their age, career. Yeah, because, like, I don't, the only reason I know who Aerosmith is, is because of Run DMC. Yeah. Like, I would have never heard of that band. And I think that ACDC has had some hits, probably. Mm-hmm. I would never, I, I think that they would have had a bigger career, because I don't think that, like Aerosmith is bigger than ACDC, right? Well, like yeah. Aeros, like that's is that a legitimate thing? I'm sorry. It, if it I'm... could no, it could be, it could be. I would I would say that they're you know they both probably have roughly around the same amount of time that they've been playing together on a popular level. I would say you know Aerosmith probably has more hits, but ACDC popped out quite a few more records. Um, but I will say this too: let's let's not forget that. On License Ill, there's more than a few Led Zeppelin tracks, and Led Zeppelin never once complained about the Beastie Boys using that. I mean, When the Levee Breaks 100%. is one of the biggest riffs on that album, and nobody said anything about it. So I, I don't understand why ACDC feels the need to kind of step up here and Still. constantly... Yeah, that's what I mean. Be a, bra- a ball breaker and a backbreaker when it comes to this. Let me tell you something, ACDC. Yeah, tell them. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Armageddon, but I hope you'll notice... That at the end of the movie, don't want to close my eyes, and Ben Affleck is marrying Liv Tyler. Mm. They're using an Aerosmith song. That could have been you. That could have been you. Great point. Great so, point. Take your big guns from Last Action Hero, which sucked, by the way, and and, and and shove it because I think you should have allowed and still should allow the Beasties to release this. That said, right now that we've gotten our ire out here, because we certainly have, uh, I say it's time we kick into... The play in here, and this if it was this close, if, if Adam Rank hadn't flipped that coin, this song could yeah. very well have been carved into the mountainside of Beastie Boys' career-defining songs. And just listen to this. I would have to say, well, I'll tell you this in a second. Just listen to this, and you will hear that undeniable, defined Beastie Boys the way everybody first heard about the Beastie Boys. You will hear that sound played out here on Rock Hard, here on the Beastie Boys, Mount Rockmore.
Sick beats, incredible Beastie Boys style, and Adam Rank. That that's the sound. Like when I I remember. I didn't get into that song until later on. I didn't get into that song until much later. But I was into, you know, like, she's got it. It's got the same feel to it. It's got that same, we know the Beastie Boys had, like, that kind of punk rock edge of their own, playing their own material, uh, being in a band, like, really playing instruments. And we saw that develop later on as far as the Beasties were considered. But that is the sound of the Beastie Boys that started and jump-started them into what America finally, and the world finally got to know who the Beasties were. 100%. And you can still find it. If you go to YouTube, you'll be able to find this song. And I remember a couple of years ago leaving it on my friend's Facebook page like, dude, remember this Mm -hmm. and how much and how much we wore out listening to it. And I tried it and I had the cassette where you can kind of record from one side to the other. And I tried to make a copy for my buddy. Oh, another friend of ours. And so he you had the dual the dual deck cassette, the dual deck where you're playing one and it's recording on the other deck there. Yeah, you know, yeah. this is the mid, like early 90s we were yeah. doing this. No, late 80s. Yes. Yeah, so we were late 80s. So, yeah. So, because, yeah, because License Ale came out. I was in, what, junior junior high, elementary, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, so, because I had a cool stereo setup because my sisters were into music and everything, so it was all good. And, yeah, trying to make copies for people and be like, you got to listen to this. This is so cool. You know, and I'm a white kid who plays basketball, so I'm like, we're really into this and, right. like, all this stuff. and trying to have my teammates get into it and all this. Like, so already, and you're right, like once I hear the song, I'm like, this should be on it. Like, oh, this should make it. Yes, but I think yes. it is a, is a play in because one of the things that I'm looking at here and one of the things I'm trying to do is like, if you were going to, and I, you know, and I will probably like, this will be the experience of introducing the Beastie Boys to my children. Right. The four songs that we're picking are the, these are the four songs that you got to know. Like you, this is your base yeah. level. Rock hard is the graduate level. That's the three hundred. You know, that's class. a great point. That really is a great point. I so mean, you know, once so you've of, so once you've graduated from those four that everybody should know. Once you've made it past those four, and you want to get a little deeper knowledge, like if you're going to sit down and pick up the Beastie Boys book and read a little bit about the kinds of music they were listening to when they formed the band and that's the music that you want to hear them playing, that is a perfect example of exactly that. So that's going deep. That's when you're working on your Beastie Masters. For sure. And my daughter calls the Beastie Boys book the pizza book. <laughs> yes, she sees it around yes. the house. If you ever see me on, um, you know, because a lot of the content that we do now is from home, the Beastie book is right behind me. But my daughter calls it the pizza book. And reading about some of this stuff, reading about how they made the video for she's on it mm-hmm. and things like that. That's where you go back and you want to explore. And I also, I remember too, when I was, you know, again, junior high age, mm-hmm. sixth, seventh grade, somewhere in there, my mom bought me a VHS tape of the beastie boys. And yeah. the last song was she's on it. And that video, cause it was never played on the music video shows. Right. It's such an awful video, but it's also <laughs> so great at the same time. And, oh. you know, you listen to these songs and you're like, yeah, this is something that you need to know. But it, again, graduate level, you will get there. And so for anybody who's going to come in and come after this list and be like, these songs are better. I'm not mm. necessarily saying these are the four best. Right. But this is the Mount Rushmore. Like, yes, to know that is exactly. This, to know the history of our country, yeah. you need to know these four presidents. God bless America. I am I am, I am saluting you right there. And Adam Rank right here. That's my Beastie Boys book. It's in the studio every single day. So I'm no Adam Rank from the NFL Network, but I've got it here as well. It is the Bible for me, and I absolutely love it. 
All right, sir, let's get into song number one. You've talked about these being the four that anybody who wants to know anything about the Beastie Boys, you're going to have to know these four songs. Uh, I will say that when I first learned about the Beastie Boys, it was a neighbor, a neighbor who lived down the street from me, uh, who we were, you know, my, me and my friends were all into like hair metal stuff and the Scorpions and those kinds of things. And this guy was always into different music. And we kind of loved hanging out with him because he would introduce us to things. Well, when we were old enough to drive, Tony Cabeza, that's his name, Tony Cabeza. Tony got himself an, uh, an old Scirocco, like one of those really nice. hideous, yeah. ugly, looks like a door wedge, just a, just the, you know, the, it looks like something you would prop a door open with. And he ripped everything out of that to put massive woofers in the back of his Scirocco to literally rip out the air conditioning ducts in the dashboard and replace them with tweeter speakers. They were hidden behind. You could actually open and shut the little uh, air conditioner vents and have the speakers right there he didn't have any air conditioning in his car in california in in the mid 80s there but you could hear him coming a mile away as he was blaring the beastie boys out in his scirocco so that's where was this this was in uh, this was in san jose california the east side of san jose which is not the wealthy part it's usually the gangster ridden part but that's where i grew up as a kid okay I was down in Southern California and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. And before I get into this, too, I think it's also important just to give a little bit of background. Yes. We're getting into talking about this. And I know I've referenced my sisters. Now, my parents are much older. Like, I was not a planned pregnancy. Gotcha. Like, well, now, my dad, you know, was in, put it, he was in World War II. Okay. This is, like, that's what, like, most people's grandparents. Yeah. And so, like, we'll be walking through a grocery store. And my dad will pick a handle of tequila up off the shelf and be like, Adam, I don't know who you should thank more for being here. Your friend, uh, Jose Cuervo or the craftsmanship of the Porta Vallarta condoms I purchased on our 25th wedding anniversary. But you made it. Oh, so my parents. Yeah. So my parents are older. You know, they're like my parents were, you know, my friend's grandparents' age. Right. They're into the Rat Pack, Sinatra, sure. Dean Martin, which right. is great. Little Sammy Davis Amazing. Jr., yeah. Love it. Love all of it. I will listen to it to this day. My sister's considerably older than me as well. So they're into Zeppelin, mm-hmm. Kiss, mm-hmm. a bunch of those bands and things like that. So I always, always immersed in that because you couldn't escape it because when you're a little kid you don't have any choice no that's it yeah your sisters are blaring their record player up there come on you're you're stuck listening to it 100 percent. so the beastie boys were the first band that i was ever going to be able to own like my parents weren't beastie boy fans no my sisters were not beastie boy fans this was my group this was my thing this is i respect it i will sit here and listen to stairway to heaven and Mm -hmm. celebration day and all that stuff the beastie boys were gonna be it for me this is my thing this is my this is my everything and so for the first song if i can jump into it yes gotta be the most important song it has got to be fight for your right to party and i listen i don't know if it's i don't know if it's my favorite not my favorite beastie boy song but it is the song that put them on the map. It is the one that everybody heard. It is what drew everybody to them. And to think about a song that came out in the late 80s, mm-hmm. mid 80s, whenever it came, I think it was about 86. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey is yeah. still referencing this song. That's a great in point. In 2020, 
after his team won a Super Bowl in an era where any kid under the age of 30 says, okay, boomer, to right. anything that's a little bit old, Travis Kelsey is still referencing this song. The song still matters. And I remember my mom listening to it, and there's the line of the song. It says, living at home is such a drag. Yes. And my mom's like, well, why don't they go live out on their own? I'm like, mom, they're probably making like a shit ton of money. Like, right. I'm sorry, I I can say, right. Yeah, I absolutely. I don't know absolutely if you I can. can curse. Yes. I go, they're probably fine. Like, that, really? Like, they're they're famous musicians. Like, right. they're good. Like, right. I think they're okay. Like, they probably are living on. I don't expect them to be living at home. It's so interesting that your mom picked that one out, knowing that the next line was your mom threw out your best porno mag. And then that wasn't the part that she jumped on like, Adam, is there something we need to talk about here? That she already knew about. <laughs> so that no well, this is definitively uh, not just one of the first. When you think of the Beastie Boys live, when you think of the Beastie Boy video, at least for me, uh, this always seemed like the vibe that you got. You know, if you pop in that VHS tape, there's there they are with their leather caps on and the sunglasses and the jean jackets kind of spraying beer or champagne or wherever, whatever it may be that's in their hands at that time all around for the fight for your right to party element here. Uh, this song... And the Slayer guitar in it as well, just made what, for what, what? and was with, was Slayer in this? Yeah, the, this is this is Carrie playing the guitar in the solo. I thought he was in No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Oh, you know what? You're right. It wasn't Fight for Your Right to Party. No, he was in the video for Fight for Your Right to Party, but he wasn't in is the it? song. That's correct. Yeah. That's what I Sorry. had messed up. Yes. No, you were correct. Me. I don't mean No, no, no. Guy. Listen, later on, by the way, I'm going to test your theory out because we've got some Beastie Boys uh, today you learned. So we'll get to that in a little bit here as well. But as you pointed out aptly and correctly in the video, not in the song, this is the Beastie Boys Fight for Your Right to Party, the first one carved into the face of the Beastie Boys, Mount Rockmore. Kick it!
man, oh man, oh man, oh man. That, I mean, that that's the introduction to a lot of people on the end. Remember when MTV played videos? That's the first thing oh we God. should get out there. Um, <laughs> secondly, that was that was it all over the place. The, the low budget in a studio, uh, the, the, the Spanish fly poured into the punch bowl. <laughs> Every part of that is, I mean, everything in that, the culture that the Beastie Boys brought to that was tremendous. It, it was like nothing else. And that kind of just set things off that you kind of had this vibe for the Beastie Boys when you were looking at it, that here were these kids from New York who knew how to party or at least knew how to find the party. And they were, they were opening the door to what you were going to see for years to come. Absolutely. And it's again, and I'm sure that people will like to argue and be like, that's not even the best song on ill communication. And you're probably right. Right. We could I mean, that's we could not- do we could do four songs from ill communication that would define that album. But this is yes. we're looking at the four that would define their career. And you've got to put that one on there. You got to put that on. And you talk about MTV not playing music videos. I don't know if you still watch the challenge, but it they they will play songs during the show, oh, but really? they're always a cover. Like it'll be like um, Katy Perry covering, you know, Celebration oh. Day or whatever it is. Oh. Something like something weird. If you're giving me Adam Lambert covering the Beastie Boys, I'm gonna vomit. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I'm waiting for somebody. Somebody's had. I'm sure that Fight for Your Right to Party's been covered a thousand times. I will always ignore it. Like yes. I will be like, nope. Yeah. You know what? I don't need. I don't need Billie Eilish and a baby grand piano covering Fight for Your Right to Party. Yeah. Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Now, if you have other hip-hop artists doing it, yeah. I'll give it a listen. That's you know what? Acceptable. Yeah. Seriously, if Eminem wants to throw it on live on stage, okay. I'll hear that I'm out. In. Sure. I'm in. Yeah. All right. Now, we're going to come back here in a minute. I'm going to tell you, we're going to do, as Rank, I talked about this earlier, we're going to do five questions for Rank. I'm going to have some questions for you that may or may not involve football, that may or may not involve the NFL Network, or may or may not involve fantasy football, and... We're also going to have a Beastie Boys Today You Learn. So for every question that you answer sincerely and wholeheartedly, I will give you a Beastie Boys fact, like after dinner trivia, that you probably already know, may even have tattooed someplace on your body. I don't know. Uh, And when we come back, we'll do a little tit for tat, meaning you load up on the tats, I've got the man tits covered. That's when we return with the NFL Network's fantasy football guru, Adam Rank, here on Mount Rockmore. This is a clearly, clearly not metrosexual moment, moment in history. Andre the Giant. A man was born in a small farm town in France on May 19th, 1946. Andre Rusimov came out of the womb as a full-grown man. That might be a bit of an exaggeration, but by age of 18, he was indeed over 7 feet tall and weighed over 300 pounds. Soon he became one of the most intimidating fighters of our time. Eventually, he got up to 7 foot 5, 500 pounds. If you saw him on the street today, you would would be shocked because he's no longer alive. But he was a true man. He never would have fit into girly leather pants or a fuzzy little scarf with cute patterns on it. He used scarves for tube socks and pool covers as condoms. Andre the Giant only lost matches when he felt like losing. He only talked to people he felt like talking to. And he never, ever ordered his latte with soy milk. Here's to you, Giant. You're no metrosexual. When you used the word metro, you were talking about the subway. And you were on the subway because you couldn't fit in a car. This is been Lee Camp. For more funny crap, check out LeeCamp.net and SharkBaby.com. Breaking down the best four songs. This, this, this is Mount Rock. You are a smelly pirate hooker. 
Welcome back to the Mount Rockmore podcast. Whether you're chawing down on the Spanish fly or pushing the brass monkey, two two things that the Beastie Boys did in virtually, as far as I can remember, mostly every video that you saw on MTV. Please, whichever one you're doing, take the time to check out our website, thebowershow.com. Follow us on Twitter at M-T-R-O-C-K-M-O-R-E at Mount Rockmore. Uh, We are talking with the NFL Network's Adam Rank, who's helping guide us through the four career-defining songs that he thinks are the ones for the Beastie Boys. Again, you're talking about an endless supply of fantastic music, an endless supply of music that changed the face of music, and we have to pick four. So, Adam, you know this is incredibly tough to do. Um, you've you've already yeah no you've already laid the groundwork and made it clear that listen you're not not every Beastie Boys fan is going to agree that this is the best song or they had a favorite one or they like this one or that one we're gonna have those of course that people talk about all the time you're picking the four that you're saying if you are a Beastie if you want to know about the Beastie Boys if you're somebody who wants to learn about what the Beastie Boys were if you're thinking about picking up as your daughter calls it the pizza book the Beastie Boys book you're going right. to need to know these four songs about them. And you've given us not just a play-in, but the first song, Fight for Your Right to Party, right off the bat. Now, where do we go from here? Now, listen, the Beastie Boys are down one, Beastie Boy, and sadly, and are a little on the gray side now, just like most of us are. Uh, it just <laughs> happens these days. But that said, um, if you out there listening to uh, Rank and I right now, think of another band you want to let us know about that you want to have brought to the Mount Rushmore of their four career-defining songs, hit me up at Mount Rockmore. All right, Rank, where do we go from here? First of all, we know that you were introduced to the, the rock music from your sisters, not a thing that your parents were into at all, and that kind of opened the door to when you first heard of the Beastie Boys with their music. What, what, what developed from there? From a musical standpoint, I still, you know, enjoy a wide variety of music. And I think that living in Southern California, you get introduced to a lot of different things. And that is one of the one of the beauties of it is that my favorite bands are not there. There's nothing in common. They're not going to be on the same (laughs) bill. Like I I like the Beastie Boys. I like Blink-182. I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Sublime, Mm -hmm. Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's not that's not going to be a bill of a show. No, (laughs) No. It's, it's not like. You know, like somebody who's like, I like Blink-182, and I like Good Charlotte, and right. I like Alien Ant. And the like, Offspring, that and yeah, that makes sense. But my bands are just a wide variety of, of different interests, and one of the things that's great about the Beastie Boys is that they do a wide variety of, of mm-hmm. different things, because they went from ill communication, and then they go to Paul's Boutique, yes, which might have not have been the commercial success that everybody had anticipated it. I don't know if you remember, too, this was also a cassette that was red. Yes. I don't know, like... So, which was unique. Let's be clear. I mean, like, even if you if you bought the old Kmart cassettes or the Radio Shack ones that I had, oftentimes they were like this milky white kind of a color that if you left them anywhere near sunlight or heat, they would turn yellowish in nature. But it'd be rare if you got anything that was like a solid. Eventually, they, they marketed the ones that you would buy from record companies like RCA and other people that had the full white one. But if you got something unique, it was like something that was black or it was a, a different color that you wouldn't have normally found for a cassette. Hundred percent, and it was uh, red. There was like, remember when they used to do the clear ones? Oh like, yeah, those were really cool. Yeah, when they came out, and the Beastie Boys in Paul's Boutique. I own the vinyl of Paul's Boutique. Nice. I, you know, what's funny is my daughter. The first Beastie Boys song she's ever listened to is "Shake Your Rump." <laughs> um, I'm like, I just realized that right now. I'm like, nice. oh my god, because when I pulled out the vinyl, like that's what she was. I'm like, oh no. And there's like, we we made a gif of us shaking our rump. Whatever. Oh, nice. And you go through and the 
and Hey Ladies was on that album yep. as well. And yep. So for me, that album is one of those albums, and I call it an album because I own the vinyl, so I can say that. Yes, it's not you can. a it's not a it's not something where you just drop a song. Like you're not gonna get a drop. Like Hey Ladies was good. Good song. It's one of my favorites. Shake Your Rump's one of my favorites. But I think that Paul's Boutique is an entire experience that you need to just enjoy in its entirety over the full 60, 70 minutes, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pull a song off there. I'm actually going to go, and I think, what is it, two albums later? No, so this is two albums later. Right. So I'm going to go, my second choice is going to be Sabotage. Ooh, listen to and all y'all. And I don't know if we love this song because the the song is great or because the music video was amazing. And I think that we all can remember the Beavis and Butthead thing yep, where, yep. where Beavis is like, I can't wait for this song to come out. Yeah. The, the video to come, like they're making fun of it, but it, it's so good. Well, but and, I think and, when, and also let's not forget there's, and you can go back to YouTube. People aren't even going to remember this. And again, we're using references because these guys have been around for so long that, that don't, a lot of people aren't sure what that necessarily means. Like I talked to my daughter the other day about how we can always put that on VHS tape. She's like 13. What's, what's a VHS tape? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, this was one, you remember he, they were on Letterman and they did yes. this on Letterman live and they did it yes. on Letterman. And I wasn't even at that point, I knew that they had played in bands. I knew that they played their own instruments in bands, but I didn't think they were necessarily doing that. And then you get to sabotage live on Letterman. And you're like, oh, my God, that's unbelievable because they blew the doors off that stage at Letterman doing that song. Hundred percent, and if I'm not mistaken, Adam Yock is on the keyboards because they brought in a keyboard element. <laughs> yes, yes. And so Ad Rock, and it's one of those songs too. And I'm I'm trying to remember, like, is there a song where just one of them sings before this? Because Ad Rock does the whole thing. He does the whole thing. And he does, and he does the squeal, and you watch it, and Mike D's on the drums, yep. and they have a and they have a percussion guy mm-hmm. with them. MCA's have, on the on the on the bass, just standing up there, all shy like in the background. Is that what I thought? Yock, I thought Adam Yock is on the keyboard. No, he that. was. He, oh, you know what? There's a keyboard guy next to him. I'm gonna have to look this up again and just see it again. He, I think there's a keyboard guy next to Forgive him. Forgive me. And he, then somebody, I, think he, I think he busted out the bass on that one. If I'm talking out of my ass and I apologize, because this there is a long a time ago. Who doesn't, or there's a bassist who doesn't move. Yes, I think that that's, I think that's a, stu- I think that's. Some musician, because I'm going to look here real quick and see as I bring it up here, because I think it was him. He's got the hat on and the whole thing. Let me see. I think Letterman shakes his hand like he thinks it's Adam Yock, but I thought Yock was on the uh, on the keyboards. I could definitely be mistaken. All right, let me see. There's the bass. Let's see. No, that's Adam Yock. So next to him, so you got Mike on the drums. Oh, that's so good. No, it's MCA is on the bass, and there's a dude. I don't even see a keyboard here. There's a keyboard Keyboard. over by where Paul Schaefer was, close to where Schaefer was, but it wasn't Schaefer playing it. The keyboarder's jumping around. Yeah, hold on. Let me see where we're at. But it looks like MCA on the bass keeping his head down with the hat on. Wait till you see the keyboarder jump. I will keep an eye on that. I'm going to see what's going on over here. Because it's way off to the side. Here, they're just focusing on the three guys and then the dude that's on the percussion over to the side. Yeah, but that's not. it looks like a Korean dude who's playing the keyboards jumping around. He's right, defi- it's definitely not MCA. MCA is the one who's got it's just his head tilted down on the bass over there. Then they got the DJ behind. 
But I mean, this is just absolutely amazing. 1994, they came out and crushed that on Letterman. Amazing. Am I right? I mean, that's just that's just top notch right there. Yeah. All right. This it's is such your... a simple song, too. Yeah. I mean, if you play Guitar Hero, you know, like, it's not <laughs> that difficult. I mean, it, it, like, as a Blink-182 fan, I know what it's like you when know. fans you know. have one chord. Yeah. Have one chord. I'm a Green Day fan. I know exactly what you're referring to. 100%. So... <laughs> Are we sure that's MCA playing? I'm okay, pretty anyway. sure. I'm pretty. I would say go back and look at it again here while we're playing the song. But it looks like he's got the Sinatra fedora kind of tap down over his eyes, the light blue one. It looks like he's playing the bass there. I remember he was the bass player in their you know punk ish kind of bands that they were doing. So of course, I yeah, think- he is the bassist. But if somebody knows for sure, yeah, and I, I'm I'm one of these like one of those things where you're just wrong and you're still arguing it. So no, no. You-, you can call me out for being an idiot. I thought he was because there's keyboards on. Yes. That song. Yes. So it's like, and you're right. And, and and I think they're actually playing Schaefer's keyboards. I think it's Paul Schaefer's keyboards. I think they literally, because it's, it's far enough away from the rest of the band that they have to have a different camera angle to go over and get the dude on the keyboards. But I don't believe that's MCA's. I'm looking at it. I don't believe that's him. All right. Well, I'm an asshole. No, so you're anyway. not. This is, listen, it's 1994. We're trying to recall all this. But here's the important part. This is definitively, without a doubt, one of the songs you would have to put on the Mount Rushmore of Beastie Boys songs. Because it's, it's, got, it's got just this tight, it's got the, it was a development of a tighter feel compared to what you had had on, 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 uh, on License to Ill. It's got a tighter feel for a number, of these, certainly than the old school stuff that they had. This is where they had really sort of re-evolved as not just the musician aspect of it, be, being able to incorporate that into the music. Music, as popular as Sabotage was, and this is still, I would have to say, I mean, if if we were talking about best BC Boy songs, this is a top three, this, if not if not certainly the number one. It's at least a discussion for the number one Beastie Boy song. A very strong case to be the best Beastie Boy song of all time. Not in, a, in the video on it as well. Yes. And that live performance, see, because to me, I knew that they played instruments because of yeah. rock hard. Yeah. So that wasn't, but I think you're absolutely right. For a lot of people, they're like, holy shit, these guys are playing. Yeah. Like, was that, they're, their he's playing the guitar here? And then you realize, holy shit, that's Mike D on the drum. Why? He plays the drums. Like, if you hadn't, if it hadn't really clicked before, this was the time in which it clicked. And you're like, wow, that's incredibly impressive. Yeah. And the, and the song itself is amazing. And it's funny, too. I think they reveal this in the book. Or maybe I saw it in an interview of like what the song is because everybody had their theories of what sabotage was mm-hmm. was all about, and it's really one of their producers. Like they thought that one of their producers was messing with them, like right. the most Beastie Boys thing <laughs> yes. you could ever have happened. Like it's not some big conspiracy. It's like no, they they think their producer is being a jerk. Right. And so that the song's about him. Right. Right. There's not some deep meaning about some uh, the Chinese government involvement, and in, it's not that. Nope. Nope. Don't worry about this at all. Don't don't let that be an issue. Uh, and, and I might, our producer is sabotaging. Yeah, our producer. <laughs> that's the only thing you need to worry about at that point. And that's what gets us the second song we're carving into the face of Mount Rushmore here. For Beastie Boys songs, four career-defining songs. We now add to that sabotage here on Mount Rockmore.
man. Listen, do yourself a favor if you haven't already. If you didn't do it while we were playing that song, go and check out the Letterman video with those guys playing it live. And and you will... It changed my mind for the Beastie Boys. Not just because I knew... I mean, I knew. Going back to uh, She's On It, I knew that they were playing their instruments, Adam. I knew that that was the case. Talking with Adam Rank from the NFL Network. But it was a different thing to see it. You know what I mean? Like, you knew that, yes. they, that they were writing these songs. You knew that they had skills. You knew that they were... And later on, when you get, like, Mullethead and other kind of their... You know, the punk rock type of stuff out there. Makes a ton of sense. But this was the first real time of going... They aren't playing to a record. I mean, yeah, they've got the DJ there, but they aren't playing to a record. They're actually playing the instruments. It was a, it was groundbreaking for me. Yeah, it's like when you watch the end of a Jackie Chan movie and they show the outtakes where he's doing his own stunts. <laughs> yes, and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> like he's doing it himself. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking to, was- I remember talking to Jason Statham about him doing his own stunts and being stunned. Like, dude, you do that? He's like, yeah. And then they had the harness on. I mean, I fell out of the back of the helicopter. I'm like, you did what? Why would you do that? They have people that can do that. Nope, that's it. And then every time I watch a movie of his, I'm looking to see, is that him jumping on the bus to then jump on the freeway? Because he does those things. No, it's amazing. Yeah. Why would you do that? You're too handsome for that. Let the other people That's what do. I'm saying. Come on. Let a not-so-handsome person, let somebody who's not my man crush do that. Let some stunt guy who kind of looks like you or has to shave his head to appear to look like you, let him do it. I really, I need to see more Jason Statham. That's all I'm trying to, that's the point I'm trying to make here, Adam Rank. If we walk away just it's, knowing that today. It's why Leonardo DiCaprio had his own stuntman in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right, like exactly. There's a reason for it. It doesn't just happen, folks. There's a reason for it. Keep them pretty. That's what I say. All right, Rank, it's time now for a little game uh, that we're going to combine the two. It's a, something that I usually like to do here on the, on the uh, Mount Rockmore. It's called uh, Today You Learn, but we're going to combine that with five questions for Rank. So we'll do our little introduction. I will ask you a question. You'll give an honest answer. If I feel like it's an honest answer, then I'll give you some Beastie Boy knowledge. Here we go with Today You Learned. Today, today, today you learned. Today, today, today you learned. Today on the Beastie Boys Mount Rockmore, it's Adam Rank of the NFL Network. He's uh, sharing his Beastie Boys songs that he feels should be on the Mount Rushmore of Beastie Boys songs, the four most career-defining. And Adam, we'll start off with questions for you, and then if I feel like you've answered honestly, I will give you a little Beastie Boys nugget of information. So, uh, being on the NFL Network and somebody who is a fantasy football god who has helped me win uh, at least one championship league, what celebrity has most shocked you with their fantasy football obsession? Oh, that is, uh, you know what? It's always striking to me when professional wrestlers, because I also like professional yes, wrestling, yes. when those guys are so into it. And it's not necessarily like, oh, this is kind of a laugh. I sort of enjoy it. Yeah. Like, no, like I'm seriously into it. Like Mr. Perfect's son, Joe oh. Hennig. Oh, is that right? Loves loves professional wrestling or excuse me loves fantasy football the miz loves fantasy football wow. those guys have really been into it and i'm trying to it's funny because those guys will hit me up well not the miz but joe henning does all the time like he's always hitting me up wants to know is totally into it eric young who's another wwe yep. superstar yep. he's actually now become like a radio voice of fantasy sports for hockey especially so these guys are like super into it and it it, it's it's funny that how much these guys do it players who are into it players who recognize what's going on uh but also when you find some of those players too like for for instance kyle long started following me because i'm a bears guy right he dms me one time 
and wants to know what's the proper order to watch Star Wars movies. <laughs> oh, is I'm like, that oh. right? He's like, my, my fiance, he's like, yeah, my fiance's never seen it. What did we start with? I'm like, well, four, five. Yeah, yeah. One, two, three, six, seven, eight, nine. That's the correct order. That's the way it goes. Right. That's fantastic. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be about, I mean, maybe the fantasy football connection started it, but you have the contacts on another front That's where there. it comes in. That's I'm trying to think who, like when you saw that Matthew Barry yeah. had all the dudes from the Avenger movie, yes. the Avengers movie, that was pretty shocking to me. Yeah. And I, I haven't had that interaction with them, but be like, oh my God, like Ryan Reynolds is talking about fantasy football. And you think about the dorkiest, of the dorks, like as we are, or I was Mm -hmm. now it's like one of the coolest guys. Like you talk about man crushes, like Ryan Reynolds might be mine. Absolutely. Even even though I'm a DC guy and green lantern suck, but horrible movie. Yeah. I agree with you. Well, but but that, these guys were in a league. Like that's amazing. That, I mean, first of all, I think you're bringing up a terrific point here, which is, um, have you been in contact with Henry Cavill at all? Because I think if you could get Superman in and you can get, I mean, I'm not, I don't even remember who the, the Batman dude is. It's going to be this new one. It's not Ben Affleck anymore, but I mean, no. you could get a DC the way, league going together. Can I, can I say something? Yeah, please. By the way, I, I think that this is important to point out. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but our movies have been crushing Marvel. Thank you. Marvel, Marvel's movies now are garbage. Yeah, they're not good. You guys had Iron Man. That's a fine. Yeah. The first Captain America was really good. Right. But since that time, and I don't I pretty much don't watch much of it. I don't sit there and watch them in like I don't watch the full movie. Like I'll catch pieces of it here and there. Yeah. DC has been crushing it because obviously the, the Batman movies have always been good. Right. But now you start looking going back to like Wonder Woman. Yeah. That was good. Aquaman? Aquaman you made fun. Aquaman good. Come on. That was that was a fun movie. Shazam. Right. Was really good. And I will say this. Justice League, I enjoyed in the theater. Mm-hmm. Sucks. I know. Trying to go back and watch it. Number one, you had the whole movie laid out. It should have been the Justice League versus zombie Superman. Oh, there that, you that, go. That's your movie. Yes. That's your whole movie. That's the whole reason you would get everybody together. Right. Like, hey, zombie Superman's back and he's pissed. Right. But instead, they're like, oh, here comes Lois Lane in a in a lift. Right. And she solved it. And I'm like, what the? What is happening? <laughs> like, that should be your whole movie. They 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 started to water stuff down. They watered shit down. And the Batman versus Superman. Tried, would, I mean, it just, yeah. They tried to do too much stuff. Yes. When you didn't need to do it. Although I will say that Batman versus Superman, for me, still a good movie. I will still watch it. Not it bad. Makes me like, it makes me like the Man of Steel more. Yeah. Because of the way that yeah. ends. And then it ties into Batman versus Superman. Yeah. If they would have made it about an hour... An hour less, an hour <laughs> it would have been perfect. I'm with you on that, 100%. That said, you need to get Robert Pattinson, who's going to be playing the new Batman, and you got to get Jason Momoa into a fantasy league. If you can make that happen, right? anything I could do to help you with that, I think we need to get and prove to everybody that the DC Fantasy League is going to be way more interesting than the Avengers Fantasy League. Oh, my God, we'd have The Rock as a Black Adam. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. First of all, that's that's just a dream come true. Because then if you're talking about it, and we've already discussed now my trifecta of man crushes, which is The Rock, which is Ryan Reynolds and Jason Statham. That's the trifecta oh, nice. right there. It's it's the trident of man crush for me. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. That said, uh, the Beastie Boys, the video sabotage was, and not just was, but inspired the opening sequence of the movie Train Spotting, inspired by the Beastie Boys video sabotage. 
What? Yes. Train spotting, the beginning sequence, the opening sequence, they took that from the concept the Beastie Boys sabotage had put together. Oh my gosh. Little, I never was that in the book? Little, little bit of information right there for you. I thought you know what that's a good question. I I, I feel like that's where I heard it initially. Maybe I maybe I didn't. Maybe I heard it before that, before that, prior to that. But that's um that is a possibly true statement I'm just giving to you right there. All right. That's amazing. Adam Rank, what happens to former Alabama quarterback Tua in the NFL draft? What's what what's gonna happen? He's not gonna fall too far. I can't I can't imagine a situation where he falls past the Dolphins or the Chargers. I know that Justin Herbert seems like a safe play or whatever, but you don't the way the NFL is situated or set up now, especially with rookie contracts, that you're not paying these guys a hundred million dollars. Right. And if this was 10 years ago where Tua was probably going to have a massive holdout, I wouldn't touch him for the injuries. But because the commitment is so minimal and it's so easy to pivot off your quarterbacks, you look at what the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen when they Mm -hmm. went to Kyler Murray. You look at what the Carolina Panthers did with Cam Newton when they got out of uh, Jimmy Clausen. Right. You can pivot off of Tua – and you can go some other direction if it doesn't work out. Now, if you are the both the Chargers or the Dolphins have mm-hmm. veteran quarterbacks who could probably lead your team this season that if Tua needs a little bit more time, he would be afforded that. So I think that he goes fifth. I, I would say the Dolphins take. I the Dolphins can't pass him. They just can't do it. Uh, yeah, it would that, be ridiculous. That, that kind of hit me. Somebody's got to take him, even if it's like you said, even if it's the gamble that you have to pivot past at some point. You at least got to take the solid college performance he put out there and think, all right, we're going to give him a shot at this. It's worth at least, I mean, that's as a fifth pick. I, I imagine that's, you don't see him falling past that or making it out of the first round. Do you like, there's not enough concern over, Oh, his fragile little hip. There's a guy. He's young enough. That's not like he's an 80 year old man, right? No, that's very true. And the dolphins have three first round picks. So they've got a lot of draft equity. Yeah. So even if, if the dolphins, we're scared at number five, and let's say they didn't take a quarterback. And let's say that they took Tristan Wirfs or whomever. Okay. okay. They did whatever. Or they took a running. Who knows? They still have other picks in the first round yeah. to where they could probably draft him again. Or if the unthinkable happens, it would probably be a similar situation to what happened to Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where he started tumbling in the draft. And by the way, my my mock draft that year, I told the Dolphins, I'm like, you guys should take Lamar Jackson. He would be good for you. <laughs> But whatever, don't don't listen to me. No, who listens to Adam Rank? Come on. But if if it happened and we were at pick 28 or so, yeah. somebody would jump back into the first round. The Bears might even do it. You know, somebody yeah. somebody would because you get that fifth year option. Yeah. That's what makes it so desirable to have this quarterback. And it's probably why he's not gonna fall out of the first round. It's why Jordan Love won't fall out of the first round. Mm-hmm. And it's who knows if Jalen Hurts even makes it or, or Jake Fromm or one of those guys. But right. Tua is not dropping out of the first round. All right. Gotcha. All right. Here's your little uh, nugget of information. The Oxford English Dictionary cites the Beastie Boys as being responsible for coining the term mullet in 1994 to refer to the popular 1980s hairdo. Remember, they had a song. We, we referred to this a little bit earlier, but they had a yep. song called Mullet Head that was... It is amazing. And apparently, 
nobody else in the history of music had really put together at that point, up to 1994, any indication of what a mullet was. Yes, we had all seen Billy Ray Cyrus at that point. We were familiar with Billy Ray Cyrus. We'd seen mullets. We knew of mullets. But the Beastie Boys sang about mullets. Have you ever seen a mullet wife? This is, it was a very punk rock song, but super cool. Again, oh, yeah. we knew that they could play their instruments and that they did play their instruments, but they were, according to the English Dictionary, the Oxford English Dictionary, they coined the term mullet. I love it. That makes perfect sense. All right, Adam Rank, who walks away from the NFL draft as the biggest winner? Who's going who's gonna to end up scoring the biggest? As you've done, I know you've done a number of mocks, but as you're walking away from this, who do you think, what is the team that you, in your mind's eye, says, wow, they kicked ass in that draft? There's two teams I would look at. Number one, we just talked about the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. As long as they take, as long as they take two up, if their second pick, they could take uh, McKin- McKinney mm-hmm. as their safety. And if they can go back in the gate, let's say you you have Tua, you have McKinney because they need to solve their safety issue. Right. Let's say they took a lineman, and I think that for them at the end of the first round, I would take a chance on Austin Jackson, who has a who has a chance of falling, but he again is one of those players who is going to be very good. Yeah. And if the Dolphins are already looking a couple years ahead, and that maybe Tua doesn't play this season, maybe Austin Jackson is not their day one starter, but I think a couple of years from now, they could end up being pretty good and being like, oh yeah, what a great draft that they had. They they got their quarterback of the future, they got their lineman of the future. So I think they're going to be in a pretty good position. I think the Raiders have been drafting. Yeah. Really well, as long as they get Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, they get one of those receivers, they get some cornerback help at their second pick that they get from the Bears. Yeah. They could go with uh, Henderson out of Florida. I think that they could, uh, you know, do pretty well. There's, you know, they could go linebacker, they could go edge rusher. There's probably a number of different ways they could go. I think that they've shown, especially with Mike Mayock, that they do pretty well. Yeah. I'm also excited to see what Washington could do because. Normally in their situation, I would be, I would tell them to take a quarterback. Yeah. Cause I know that having chase young is amazing. Right. And you will point to like, Hey, look at what, look at what, uh, look at what Bosa did. Look at what Nick Bosa did for the 49ers, right. which is true. And that's huge, but they already had their franchise quarterback in place. Yes. That's why that worked. Yes. Good point. So, so that Washington does not have that luxury. No, but they can draft chase young this year. And there's a pretty good chance the Redskins are going to suck next year. Right. And they could actually be in the mix. That's not a Trevor bad Lawrence. That's a good way to look at this. I mean, yeah, okay, so you make it through this year and maybe you're playing, you know, Detroit Lions football under 500 on some level. That doesn't mean that you can't still come back the following year with some top players in line ready to go and that's where you start to make things happen, right? Exactly. And if you look at, you know, 15 years from now, when we're watching A Football Life, La. the Redskins 2020 <laughs> dynasty, yes. it would be like, oh, they took Chase Young, and the next year they got Trevor Lawrence. Yes. And they never lost another game right. for 30 years. And then oh. they they challenged Tom Tom Brady and the Patriots in regard. Yeah, I mean, that would be exactly – eventually then they get Bill Belichick to come in and coach too, and Ron goes the way of the Dodo. But that, that just that's the way that story all plays together. 100%. It would be ironic for Bill Belichick to end his career with Washington, similar to the way that <laughs> – Vince Lombardi did. Yeah. And then changed their uniforms to make them look like the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> like, have you ever looked at like an old school 
Washington Redskins photo when right. they had the yellow helmets with the R on it. Like that was Lombardi being like, we want to look like the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. The, the little cursive R kind of look to it, that feel. Yeah. That was, that's a very good point. I had, that was a very much an F you. If he could have just put a middle finger on the side of the helmet, he would have done that. All I right. think he would have. Yes. All right, rank. Here we go. Today. You learned that the beastie boys recorded an unreleased country album in 1999 intended to be a Christmas gift for friends and family of the group. What? In fact, the album was called Country Mike. And as indicated by uh, Mike D talking a little bit about it, you had some... um, A lot of people seem to have me confused. I'm an MC. I don't know anything about country music. There happens to be a guy named Country Mike, and I've known the man. He's a bit of a low and loose cannon he's actually even been violent at times only because he comes from an abused background himself you know you probably shouldn't talk about this around mike because it's sort of one of his triggers yeah and it can be i can get very emotional on the topic it's true so thank you yeah for pointing out because it's you know i keep a lot kept inside about there's a lot of controversy surrounding country mike and it hurts sometimes inside controversy around Mike. Now listen, again, this was an album that was put together for the sole purpose of being a gift to family and friends during the holidays. But of course, one of the things you know, Adam, is thank God for the internet, because then as soon as the internet came around and you could put stuff together on the internet, you end up with music like this from Country Mike. This one's called Sloppy Drunk. And it is... The album cover is Mike D just in cowboy gear, but listen. And I kid you not, it's a full-length album, and it's all country music like that. That they put together for family and friends. Never never to actually be released, but thank God for the internet. Internet's good for a couple of things, Adam Ray. The internet always wins. <laughs> it sure does. Holy smoke, right? I mean, I don't know who they got. Is that possible? That Ad-Rock's playing the slide guitar there? I don't... You, it, there's no video, but man, oh man, that's... I mean, that's some old-fashioned Kenny Rogers shit right there that he's digging up <laughs> and playing on the slide guitar. It's brutal. Oh, good stuff. So anyways, Catching. and so you know, the whole album is out on YouTube, so you can listen to it in its entirety. That's that's my number three for Mount Rushmore. <laughs> All right, here we go. Last question for you here, Rank. <clears throat> you have to be quarantined for three weeks with one of the following. Who do you choose? Michael Fabiano. Okay. Dave Damashek. Akbar. Or your last ex-girlfriend. Ooh. Three weeks, you are quarantined with one of them. Who do you choose? Now, what are the uh, what are the ground rules for the last ex-girlfriend? What are we... Am, uh, I, am I given a hall pass? What is happening well, here? Well, I can't, I can't guarantee that. You're going to have to work that angle up on the three-week element there. So it's just going to be, you know, however... Uh, things ended, however crazy that individual may be comes into play here, however however hot that individual may be comes into play here. Uh, but with that all, 
is there, would it be, I know you've already sung the praises of one Dave Damashek, and rightfully so, I might add. You are correct about uh, being on the uh, the Mount Rushmore of NFL Network uh, people, but would, would he be the person you'd want to be quarantined for three weeks with? I don't think it would be bad, but given the chance to hang out with Akbar, yeah. Akbar is a different human being, and I think that for three weeks, I would want to finally solve the riddle that is Akbar Bajabiyamila and try to figure it, like try to get to the root. Cause sometimes like I love him, but sometimes I'm wondering like some of the words and things that come out of his, <laughs> is, is, are you having a go at us? Are you working us? Are you like, are you some Malcolm? Right, right. I can't speak. This well, is what quarantine listen, no, is. No, listen, happening. seriously, you got Akbar Bajabiyamila out there pretty smoothly. So, you know, difficult. Right. To, that's the best part. That's the easiest part for you here. Um, would you be afraid that over that three-week time frame, he would make you do American Ninja Warrior shit? Like, would he set up stuff in his living room? That's what I would want, yeah. I would you would want, want that, workouts. okay. Yeah, because, you know, he's the best best in shape, so there would be, you know, some of that stuff going on. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I could be all right. Talk about the Raiders a lot. Talk about American Ninja Warrior. We'll set up the couches. Right. Do some obstacle courses. There'd Let's be some Ninja Warrior cushions from the swing. Are those swinging from the ceiling? How did you get those up there, Akbar? I don't understand I don't how you managed to make that happen. This is an off. And there's a pool in your living room? How did you do that? Right. Uh, okay. So then a quick follow-up here. Uh, same choices. Who would you rather catch coronavirus than spend 24 hours with? Oh, my gosh. That's not even fair. I can't do it to my coworkers. You, so you're saying your ex? That's the direction you're going. Got to, yeah, I got to. Okay, all right. Fabiano doesn't. Way, you're talking. You're talking about like how hot she was. You're yeah, like, dude, yeah. that's like 15 years ago. That's a huge risk. That is. That's of a, what has happened what, during that time. Oh, have you seen? Have you have it stumbled like across a Facebook page? Anything like she reached out to you saying? Saw you on NFL Network, and you you so helped me with my fantasy team. Anything like that come up at all? I'm sure it's probably. See, I on my on my Facebook, I don't I don't use my full name. Oh, good. So, okay, good. Good luck. <laughs> and you know what? My middle name. This is helping people yeah. now stalk me on right, Facebook. Right. My middle name is the last name of a famous comic. Oh. So people were like, "What the." Like, what are you doing? Like, Adam Sandler rank? Is that is it Adam Sandler rank? Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, people are like, why are you going by Adam <laughs> Sandler now? And you're like, no, no, no. Like, that's my middle name. Like, yeah. oh. So oh. Like, that's kind of weird. And you're kind of like not that kind of comic. <laughs> so it's really even different. Yeah, yeah. I got you. So people don't know. But, you know, what happens with that is that, you know, people from the end, you know, you probably know as well as anybody, like people from the industry, you're like, oh, you got one mutual friend. Yeah. You're like, all right. And there was one person who we had a bunch of mutual friends. It was somebody who lived out in Las Vegas who worked at the Four Queens. And I know a lot of people who work in these hotels mm -hmm. and casinos and everything. So I'm like, I'm like, I must know this person because I'm out there every time I'm out in Vegas, I'm drunk. So yeah. I'm like, I probably know him. And then like his first post that I saw jump in my timeline was so horrific <laughs> that it was an insta block. <laughs> like not even like snooze this person for right. 30 days. It was block. You didn't even do that thing blocked. where you're like, okay, I gotta check and see if he does this shit all the time. If this is just a one off, what's why why did he do this here? Like I gotta check that. No, you just go, no, stop this now. I can't afford to have any more of this. It was pretty bad. <laughs> oh and God. he was 
Yes. And I don't want to get too political. <laughs> right. But it did not jive with me politically, and I was offended. It set off some red flags. That's what it did. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Red flags and caps. <laughs> <laughs> Very subtle. I like that. All right, <laughs> here we go. Rank, last, uh, last today you learned. Today you learned. In his last will and testament, Adam Yock, MCA of the Beastie Boys, left instructions that his music, his music could not be used in advertising. Yeah, we don't know if that's going to be able to hold up in court. Yeah. If somebody did, but like they don't. I mean, their trailers, like Sabotage is mm-hmm. used in trailers, but I don't, yeah, I can't think of anything that's like. Like you're not seeing a Lowenbrow commercial, although I don't even think they make Lowenbrow commercials anymore. I don't think they make Lowenbrow anymore. Uh, I don't know, all of this going back to the 80s and early 90s portions of things here. Uh, they don't make Mickey's Big Mouth commercials with uh, with Sabotage right. or Fight for Your Right to Party in it. So looks like that's, st- that's holding true, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. I'll give them credit for that one. That was a good call. I agree with you on that one. And that's the Beastie Boys Today You Learned. Today, today, today you learned. Today, today, today All right, Rank, we got a couple more songs that we've got to get to here, so let's move forward with the next one in line. Again, this is the Beastie Boys Mount Rushmore, the Mount Rockmore Beastie Boys songs. Adam Rank from the NFL Network is kind enough to bring those ones that he thinks should be carved into the wall. So far, we've got uh, Fight for Your Right to Party, Sabotage, both up on the Mount Rushmore. Now you've only got two left, and Rank, I know that you're, you're looking at yourself and you're thinking, oh, did I pick the right next two? Did I pick the next two? Are they are they correct? Are they the ones that are supposed to be there? What's the next one in line? I guarantee you they're not the correct pick. And this is where everybody <laughs> be like, what did you do? But I really do believe you got to put Intergalactic on there. Oh, nice. I love that song. And maybe this is me picking a song that I really love, but everything about it, I just... From the, you know, the opening tracks, the, the the cosmic, again, you know, I hope that I'm not being influenced by the videos right. and everything like that. But I still believe that this is one of their, I think it's one of their best songs. I think it's one of their most important songs. And again, I'm trying to find different things that sound different to mm-hmm. where when you start putting these four songs together, you're like, this is the same band. Like, right. no, no, this is all them. Like they're, and they've, you know, there's got great licks in there and great lyrics i should say and and everything so i'm gonna go i don't know how you feel about intergalactic but that is going to be my third choice it's a it is a solid song i also love me some body moving uh let me get some action from the back section that's one of my favorites but intergalactic i think you're right again it reintroduced us to the beastie boys who we were all very familiar with but when you've already done everything as the beastie boys had already done i mean they did everything you had so many hits in your career and then you come out with intergalactic which was an entirely different evolution of your sound everything about intergalactic is amazing everything about it from and the subtleties the fact that it was a relatively short song on top of it all like every everything that came into play and in putting this together made it, it definitively a whole new element of the beastie boys that you were just like wow what more could they possibly do at this point i mean and, and that's exactly what they did they highlighted for you we ain't done it's the beastie boys intergalactic on mount rockmore this is the mount rushmore of beastie boys songs this is mount rockmore and this is that point right here adam rank nfl network fantasy football god that we're down to the last one 
This is the one where you've got to think long and hard as we are about to chisel one more face into the side of this Mount Rushmore of Beastie Boys songs. And what will that song be? Don't tell me yet. Don't tell me yet. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's the final song. And don't, I know that you feel the urge to punch yourself. I know that you feel the urge to really think twice about this. Change it up. Adam, I'm asking you to just stick with your gut. Go with your gut here. You're going to have to. Don't change it up. Stick with your gut here. What would Akbar do? Stick with your gut when we come back. This is like you making it through the living room of his Ninja Warrior course. When we come back here on Mount Rockmore. It's hard enough to drink until the endless hours of the morning if you are a celebrity. I mean, how much is a world-class athlete supposed to find much-needed time for the little boys' room? Hi, I'm Colts running back Dominic Rose, and when I drunkenly stumble out of a bar at 3 o'clock in the morning after holding my wigs for hours, I need some urinary relief. That's why I use Manti Liners. I can just go when I'm on the go. Countless hours of Manti Liners rigorous urine stream testing have proven me, my girlfriend, my entire posse, and the whole Colts offensive line to take a leak in my box of briefs and leave no unsightly wet marks. But don't take my word for it. Manti Liners have been tested by some of Hollywood's hardest drinkers, like Tara Reid. Oh my God. I just puked in Dominic Rodeo's underpants and there's no leakage. And with the odor absorption, you can't even smell that I just pound 13 apple teenies. And Black Eyed Peas star Fergie. Um, actually, I've never heard of Manti Liners. Oh yeah, Fergie, um, we know. Don't feel like you have to hold your bladder like a camel anymore. Finally, you can drink Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton under the table and not have to worry about burdening your bladder or khakis again. Get my Dominic Rose Manti Liners today because you don't have the time and cop cars don't have the absorption. Breaking down the best four songs. This, this is Mount Rockmore. I already got your answers. Never, three inches, time daily on a boat, and with my finger. All right, buddy, here we are. Last song on the Mount Rockmore for Beastie Boys. Adam Rank, NFL Network, joins us. And there's a, there's kind of a, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a sad moment here to think that this is the last one, bit. really. No, it really is. And it's also very pensive. Yeah. Because I'm going to see more clown emojis for this choice <laughs> than when I when I picked the 49ers to go 3-13 and 13 last year. Wow. Let me tell you something, though. Their quarterback was coming off an ACL injury. Right. Nick Bosa... Was, nobody knew Nick Bosa was going to be that good. Their cornerbacks this previous season did not have a single interception. There right. were like a lot of things happening that they, they you had were no kinda, receiving you were kind of going. Yeah, who, who's receiving for them? Who's running for them? You were just there was a lot more questions than there were answers. Yes, that didn't turn out well, but no. I owned it. I moved on. Move I'm going to own this one too. Okay. All right. I, think, so, I think I'm ready. Are you wait, are you already feeling like this this is going to be a bad decision? Are you already getting there as we get ready to chisel the fourth face in? We're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about it. <laughs> then like, Why didn't you pick this song? And I'll I'll explain it. All right. All right. Let, do it. To highlight, just let's make a couple of quick statements here. Uh as this we is, let's, this let's, is listen, this is a a Mount Rockmore. And if I don't know if you're familiar with the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah. But the Mount Rushmore has Washington. Yes. It has Lincoln. Yes. It has Jefferson. Yes. And it has Teddy Roosevelt. Right. 
Now, when that was built, Teddy Roosevelt, that was their, a modern type of person. Like, it spanned a lot of generations. Yes. There's a reason. Was Teddy Roosevelt a better president than John Adams? Well, that probably. But yeah. you know what I'm saying Good is, point. like, it spans yes. a lot of different things. Yes. Because I think a lot of people would sit there and they'd be like, well, there'll be some songs that are going to be ignored. And I'm like, can I, can I just say what it is? Let's first of all say this. Let's let's pay a little tribute here, much like they do in Hollywood when they have the memoriam to people who have passed away on the Oscars. Let's take a look at some of the songs that didn't make it, like "Over to the Butte on Your Right." Hey, ladies, is sitting hey ladies. right there waiting for their return. Also, so what you want? What you want? No sleep till Brooklyn. The carcass of it being picked away by the vultures. That's the one. Right That's there. the one. Like I think a lot of people in this spot would be like, "Why aren't you going to do No Sleep Till Brooklyn?" The band's from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Understand that, but we've we've already established that their first album was groundbreaking. Yes, and we had to take the most groundbreaking song. Yes, we don't have "Make Some Noise" on there. No, what you what you what you want? Right, we don't have that. We don't have "Sure Shot." No, oh. No, it's tough. It's we tough. didn't listen. This wasn't an easy thing to do. It was not. So what here was we the are. One, get get it together. Oh, I think a lot of people will probably shocked. Uh I would like to even add to this root down. Um, that's another one of the. I mean, these are all great songs. Any of them could have been on the face. Any of them could have been on the face. But there's one 100%. spot left. Yep. And rank when we look at that one spot. What are we carving into the face of the Beastie I'm go Boys check, at Rushmore? Check it out. Ooh, check, check it out. Nice. So this is like the most current Beastie Boys. This is out to the five boroughs. Yeah. And you think about it and you think about these bands who are still around and you see, hey, it, when ACDC, assholes, <laughs> when they're out <laughs> touring with Axl Rose as their lead or right, whatever. Right, right. They're playing, shook you all night long, Bob. Hits that you made 30 years ago. Yes. Guns N' Roses playing hits from 30 years ago. Right. The Beastie Boys, and I like Chinese democracy, so right. maybe that wasn't fair to Guns N' Roses. That's, but it's, it's cool. The Beastie Boys still put out quality music, and this goes into the aughts. Mm-hmm. So now they're in the aughts, and when the Five Burrows came out, there were a lot of, you know, hip-hop had evolved. Mm-hmm. They had shaped it, and they came out, and they just put it out on the table, just slapped it out there, and check check it out. Might not be your favorite song, but I think it was very important to show that this was a generational band. This wasn't an 80s novelty act. This wasn't a 90s tribute act. Mm-hmm. This was a generational band that that just spoke to to different to different generations. Yeah. To get into the to the era of millennials. Yes. You went from Gen X to millennials. You did. You went so from this, you went from watching 90210 to this being on the OC at one point in time. But when this was dropped in 2004, again, it was a whole new level of Beastie Boys. It wasn't just a oh those guys are still around. It was oh those guys are still doing stuff. They're still cranking shit out and they dropped it hot. And this was, you know, their sort of tribute to the Five Boroughs to, to their hometown, to where they were from and accepted most. And this was 
was the opening song that just kind of drove everybody to what was going to be one of the last things the Beastie Boys as a band did together. And I think there's nothing more fitting, probably. I can't think of anything right now that's more fitting than having this be the fourth and final song, right? Good selection here. I'm a personally, I'm a huge fan of the song as well as Triple Trouble. Those are two of my favorites from this, but check it out. The fourth and final song being carved into the Mount Rockmore of Beastie Boy songs. Oh, you trekkies and TV addicts. Don't mean to this, don't mean to bring static. Oh, you cling on to your grandma's house. Grab your back street friend to get loud. Bullet doors off inches. Grab you with the pinches. And no, I didn't retire. I snatch you off with the needle nose pliers.
God damn it, Rank. That is a good song. The Beastie Boys. I I, I feel like I, I feel better now. And it feels now that so, I've heard it, yeah. I feel better. Well, and listen, that was it was released in April 2004. So when it, you're kind of thinking of that time frame, you you make your way from spring into summer, that to me hits me as that song. You know, that coupled with what a couple of months later is when they released uh Triple Trouble, and then you've got that uh the line about on a hot day with the ice latte. Like all of that just hits me up as this is going into summertime. And at a point in time where we're stuck in the houses and we can't get out of the houses because of coronavirus right now, I like having that kind of feeling brought back. For sure. And you know what? And you think about 2004 and young, younger people who were listening to the radio and people still listen to the radio in 2004, yeah, I believe. I believe you're correct. But there would be, you know, you can think of, you know, some kid who had probably never heard of the Beastie Boys. Again, they're like, oh, these boomers, I don't know who are these guys. But when they hear that song, they're like, this is a great song. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy this album. And then you're like, have you not listened to their old shit? Like, go back and listen to it. And then you're you're the one cool thing about music is that it, you can jump into any band from any era and still have it be new music to you. And people are like, oh, have yes. you checked out any new music? It's like, you could you could have never heard of George Harrison till today. Yeah. And if you now go into his catalog, that's new music to you. Yeah. That you've never heard. My 13, so this is- my 13-year-old daughter loves the Beatles. She's been getting into the Beatles. Now, she's also a huge Billie Eilish fan, so she's got, you know, her, her favorites. But she can easily flip on a dime and just go listen the entire afternoon to the Beatles because that's new to her. Because looking through any number of Beatles CDs or digital that you download now, that's fun and exciting to her because she's found it to be brand new, even though this stuff is, you know, well over 50, 60 years old. So, um on that side of it, you're absolutely right. And for those millennials who are just kind of ironically walking around with a Def Jam t-shirt on and having no idea what that meant, you oh, wanna... should know who the Beastie Boys are or you're going to get punched in the face. Absolutely. And it is, you know, and you think of the the kids who are listening to Kanye, who's big, like Kanye was big. I'm yeah. sure 50 Cent yeah. was big. That song comes out and you're like, oh, this is great. And you probably went out and discovered a whole new band that you were never listening to, which mm-hmm. is why it's important. And of course... One of my neighbors, their daughter, who is in high school, runs around in a Run DMC shirt. Right. And one time I was stoked. I'm like, oh, my God. Dude. And I wanted to talk about it. And she's like, I'm just wearing the T-shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, you're the worst. <laughs> this was so you, important to me. You are the worst human being ever. I have made – there's a rule in our house here in the Bauer Casa rank, which is this. If you're going to wear a rock band T-shirt, you have to know not just – three to five of their songs, but you have to know the lyrics to those songs. So my daughter, who this year has been getting into like rock t-shirts, has a Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction shirt, and she knows every song on the album, every song, lyrics. She can recite rock. Well, it is so easy. It is. It is so easy. It's so easy, easy. Uh, And then she also has uh, an Aerosmith t-shirt, and she can name, and I feel like a good parent about this, she can name at least five, right now, if I were to bring it, five five Aerosmith songs she could name right off the top of her head. So That's amazing. I feel like that, for me, as a guideline, if you're going to get your kid a t-shirt, that has a band of any sort on there, they need to know at least five songs pretty well and be able to recite lyrics in order to really understand who that band is before putting it on. So we had a test this year as we're getting uh, closer to Easter here and uh, got my daughter a a Pink Floyd shirt that's going to be coming from the Easter Bunny. Had to do tests with her about Pink Floyd songs and whether she knew five. When I feel like we got her to five, that's when she's getting the T-shirt. I'm excited for that. My my daughter likes... 
all the Disney music uh-huh, right uh-huh. now. And she sings it, you know, the Weezer song that's in Frozen 2 and everything. Yes. She's a little bit too young to really get the nuance of everything. Although she does she does sing, uh, does sing Flagpole Sitta nice. from Harvey Danger. Nice. So again, if you ever do the Harvey Danger Mount, Mount Rockmore, yeah. put me down for that you one. You got it. You got it. I it's Flagpole Sitta four times. Yeah, that's it. It's that just four times. And the play-in, oddly enough, Flagpole Sitta. Flagpole Sitta. Yeah. <laughs> Sitta. Sorry. Sitta. Sitta. That's right. You got you to gotta, like the way they wrote it. You got to pronounce it that way. That's fantastic. You know, I do that. I've done that with uh, both of my children is I would sing a song to them. Because, you know, the first five, make sure you're singing songs to mm-hmm. them and everything. Yeah. And so for my daughter, the song that we I would sing to her when she was a little baby was Kiss from a Rose. Just because I wanted something ridiculous. Right. So I would sing, you know, Little Seal, Kiss from a Rose. Nice. And then for my boy, I've done Flagpole Sitter just because it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it also reminds you of something that was going on in your life. Yes. When that happened. Because when my daughter was born... It was the season where the uh, the Super Bowl was held in San Francisco. Right. And Seal was the musical guest at the tailgate party. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, NFL yeah. Puts on. So I, that's how I associate it. You know, right. like, oh, that's when, you know, you were born when I saw Seal, you know, in San Francisco. And so we had a producer on NFL Fantasy League One. His name was Justin Harvey, or it still is. His name is Justin Harvey. And I'm like, oh, Harvey Danger. And so he started singing that song ironically. So that's why my boy, that's why he has that song. Territory, territory, everybody's coming to get me. Yeah, yeah. For me, uh, my... Say you never met me. Exactly. I have... Morning Underground with the moles. I had, uh, for my, technically for both of my girls now, the 13-year-old and the 6-year-old, they were, you know, me, the big hairband guy, would sing uh, Night Ranger Sister Christian when they were up in the middle of the night. And then uh, at usually like right around bedtime to get them to try to sleep, I would uh, very faintly sing Warrant uh, Heaven. That would be the other one that I would sing to them. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, I what a- sound like crap when I'm singing it, but I, and I'm no Janie Lane, but who is? Uh, there right, you go. Right, right. You know, I, it's the best that I could do for them. Who was the band that sang Don't Tell Me You Love Me? That was Night Ranger. Okay. Yeah, that was their other. I mean, their biggest hit was that, you know, that sappy ballad that they ended up playing uh, in the porn movie. And then this was their kind of, they had that and You Can Still Rock in America where they're too big, sort of upbeat. Uh, I wouldn't even, they, I think they were, they, they had been categorized at one point instead of heavy metal, they were called stainless steel Ah. at one point. I love that you called it the porn movie. The porn That's movie. Boogie Nights. I, like that, I is, was, that is such a thing. Like whenever stuff is going terrible yeah it's like oh i feel like i'm trying to sell baking powder as coke and there's some cabin boy lighting firecrackers in the corner while sister christian is playing like i know it's a real long description but like, yeah that's an iconic song do they have two other songs or they just they know they do for us true diehards again i was born and raised in the bay area so they are a bay area band and uh between uh the don't tell me you love me you can still rock in america's sister christian they had a song called goodbye which was kind of a ballad uh that was pretty big it was kind of like the part two to sister christian if you will uh they had a couple of other uh, pretty big songs yeah I, I would say there's definitely a a uh, a mount Rockmore of night ranger that awaits us all beautiful yeah all right Adam Rank, thank you so much, my friend. Uh, now, real quick, what's happening with you guys and the NFL going into what is, I, I expect, you know, by the time we get to September, we'll probably have a football season. Is there any indication that that, that might be put on hold on some level? 
Since this is an evergreen podcast, yes. I am not. And somebody might be listening <laughs> to this three years from now. I don't want this to come out. I, yeah, listen, this yeah. is way above my pay grade. Right. Like, I'll do whatever you want me to sit here and continue to put out videos about all decade teams and mock right. drafts. I'm happy to do it. Done. So I, I think that just, you know, like everybody else, we're just hopeful that there's going to be some sort of normalcy and that if the, if the football season is played at practice facilities or whatever it is, I hope that there is a football season. And I hope if you're listening to this in 2025, you're not like, what the F was this guy <laughs> talking about? That didn't remotely come close Listen, to happen. These so. are unique times. Perhaps we need a unique football season or at least a start, a unique start to a football season before we all get back to normalcy on some level. And even that I think would make us feel somewhat normal. So maybe that's what we need to be looking forward to. Yeah, if they just had like four cameras at a practice facility and teams were playing, like I Done. would watch it. Yeah, I would be in. Absolutely, I don't necessarily need to have the sky cam hovering over the quarterback as he's making the play call in the huddle. Just give me some solid. Go, go back to 1976 version of NFL. Give me two cameras and the teams playing, and I'll be good to go. That's all I kind of need at this point. Hundred percent, I'm with you. In other Beastie Boy news, while we have had a delay in releasing the Beastie Boy story in IMAX theaters, that's the movie directed by Spike Jones. it will be on Apple TV starting April 24th, so make sure you get out there and check that thing out. Hate our picks? Think you could do better? Tweet us at Mount Rockmore, M-T-R-O-C-K-M-O-R-E, and let me know I may need you to help me co-host upcoming Rockmores. My thanks to the NFL Network fantasy guru, Adam Rank. Find him on Twitter, at Adam Rank. That's at Adam Rank. Or you'll just see him singing Frozen 2 numbers during the NFL draft. You know, like the rest of us. So tell your Def Jam mommies and your beastie socially distancing but still coaching soccer on Zoom dads about this podcast. Subscribe, and we are going to be here for your 35th high school graduation road trip. All right, Adam Rank, thank you so much, my friend. We've got to have you back for another one of these in the future. But you, my friend, know your Beastie Boys, and you put, I think, the proper four songs up oh my God. for the Beastie Boys, Mount Rockmore. For Adam Rank, I'm Bauer. Thanks for visiting Mount Rockmore. See ya. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.